today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you are deceived, guess what? You will deceive. So if you're deceived, by default, you will be a deceiver. Why? Because you're deceived. Deceivers deceived. So the question is, and this is a good question, and we need to ask ourselves this question, am I deceived? You may have heard the expression, ignorance is bliss. This statement is true when we're trying to avoid consequences from our actions. We could just say, well, I didn't know. But today, Pastor J.D. encourages you to search your heart for signs of deception. Deceit by the enemy is one area you need to identify ASAP. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Titus chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we find ourselves in the book of Titus. We're going through this book, this epistle to Titus from the Apostle Paul. And Lord willing, today we will finish chapter 1. Our text will be verses 9 through 16. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writing to Titus, says, He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine, and refute those who oppose it. For there are, verse 10, many rebellious people, full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced, because they are disrupting whole households, by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. Verse 12, one of the Cretes own prophets has said it, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. (laughs) Therefore, rebuke them sharply, so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to the Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, verse 15, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. I want to talk with you today about the importance of asking ourselves some honest questions concerning both who we are and how we act as Christians. The text before us today is one of those places in God's Word that 
I think we would do well to ask why we even have it in our Bibles. Would you agree? I mean, it's one of those passages where if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you're prone to just kind of read through it real fast. And, you know, he's just mentioning a bunch of names and some issues apparently that uh, they were having there in that church. And so really it doesn't necessarily apply to me today. But the problem is, <laughs> we know from Second Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, we don't like that, correcting, and training in righteousness. So it has to be here for a reason. And so we should ask ourselves why. Why do we have this in our Bibles? I would suggest that one of the reasons we do is because just as there were troublemakers in the church then, troublemakers are alive and well in the church today. After inquiring of the Lord as to how He would have me to teach this passage, I sensed that I was to approach it by posing several questions, ten questions actually. Questions that we need to ask ourselves, honestly ask ourselves, and in so doing permit the Holy Spirit unfettered access to our hearts to search our hearts. Before we jump in, I want to just, by way of a preface, say one more thing. You know how it is when you hear a sermon or sit under the teaching of God's Word, you're quick to, prone to think about somebody else needing to hear this? Oh, somebody just came to mind, just as I said that, right? Oh, this is good. I'm going to send them the link. They need to hear this. No, right? Come on, let's be honest. The problem with that, and I think you already know where I'm going with this, just by virtue of the title of today's sermon, maybe I'm the one that needs to hear this. You know how it is when you're in books like the book of Proverbs, and when we hit the contrasting Proverbs, you know, the Proverbs that in the teens, those chapters where the righteous is contrasted with the wicked. And so the proverb will say something to the effect of, the righteous do this, but the wicked do that. And we, in our piety and indignance, we become incensed. Those wicked. I would never do that. That's you. You're the one. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, the prophet Nathan in your life saying, you are the man. You are the woman. So that's that's my preface. Let's start with the first one. It's in verse 9. Here's the question we need to ask ourselves, honestly. Am I a fighter? 
While still speaking about the qualifications of elders, Paul says that they were to disprove, refute those who would oppose sound doctrine. This is a preemptive and decisive act on the part of the elders in the church in that day. They weren't just to let it go. They were to take them on, head on, face to face, eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly, so to speak. And the reason is because there was much in the way of opposition to sound biblical doctrine, which by the way is one of the reasons that Paul left Titus there in Crete so that he could appoint elders to deal with these problems and these troublemakers. Apparently there was a lot of opposition, and it seems that it came from those who were just looking for a fight. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're, they just, they're just looking for an argument. One has to wonder, what the Holy Spirit would have inspired Paul to write to Titus if they had social media back then. Think about that. That's what social media has become. Would you agree? I know I've mentioned it before, and I hope you don't tire of me saying it, but I am quite frankly grieved and even embarrassed by the posts on the part of Christians on social media. And is it any wonder that the Church of Jesus Christ is in the condition that it's in today? The question I've had to ask, and I've asked it of myself, is if I were to post something like that, how is it that I expect to share Jesus Christ with them after I just called them a name and engaged in an argument with them? I've blown it. Isn't it true that in this day in which we are living, (laughs) that there is little time, really no time, to get as many people to Jesus and Jesus to as many people as we possibly can? I like how one said it, many Christians are a really bad advertisement for Christ. We're ambassadors, we're representatives as Christians. And I think that there's this lost jewel of discernment within Christianity today. Discerning between whether or not somebody's looking for an argument or an answer. If somebody's looking for an argument, and they are, You need look no further than social media 
It's actually, uh, there's a physiological explanation behind it, but more importantly, there's a spiritual explanation behind it. This is a spiritual battle, a spiritual war, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there's this need to discern, is this person genuinely asking a question for which they seek an answer, or are they actually wanting a fight? And it seems that there in Crete, Titus was dealing with a lot of people, antagonists, if you will. And this actually ties into our second question in the first part of verse 10. And it's, am I rebellious? Not only were there many antagonists looking for arguments and not answers, so too were there many rebellious people as well. It's important to understand that to be rebellious is a demonstration of one's unwillingness to subordinate and submit to authority. And I'll tell you, I, over the years, in my experience on the mainland, I never use examples from here, obviously. It's been my experience both in the pastorate and not in the pastorate. When you have a church where people are not submitted to authority and there's a spirit of rebellion, that's not a church you want to be in. And it has to be addressed. And it has to be confronted. Because it's like a cancer, it can spread. And that's why it has to be dealt with. And that's the seriousness with which Paul is addressing the matter. Now again, I want to, by way of that preface, mention that it's so easy, right, to think about people that maybe you know that are rebellious people, antagonists, always looking for a fight. But it is so important to allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts to see if there be any wicked way And then if the Lord finds something that has taken up residence in our Christian lives, He's very gentle about it. As only He can, let Him put His finger on it, and then let Him remove it. Because if you don't let Him remove it, it will destroy you. It will destroy your life. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your relationships. I've seen churches destroyed in the wake of this. I've seen pastors destroyed in the wake of this. I've seen marriages destroyed in the wake of this. I've seen children who want nothing to do with God, the things of God, certainly the church of God, because of this. And if you really think about it, the world watches this and says of this, no thank you. No thank you. That's what the church is like. That's how Christians treat each other. Here's the third one. This is 
a biggie. (laughs) Second part of verse 10. Am I a talker? No, I'm not, but so-and-so is. Man, I see them come and I know I've got to go the other way or else I'm stuck for two hours. I'm not talking necessarily about that. Stay with me. Here, Paul describes them as, interesting, being full of meaningless talk, which to me has a twofold meaning, the first of which is to talk too much, and second is when they talk too much, they really aren't saying anything. You know what I mean? It's it's like they just talk, and talk, and talk, and talk, and then they just keep talking, and then they keep talking, and talking, and they're not really saying anything, and they're just talking, and kind of repeating themselves, and talking, kind of like I am right now. (laughs) These people were talkers, who basically had nothing to say nothing of any value. And it does seem as if that they did this because they just wanted to hear themselves talk. And not only that, but they are those who believe that what they have to say is more important than what you have to say. You know how when you're in a conversation with somebody like that, I know somebody just came to mind just when I said that, and that's fine, whatever. And you're talking, and you're actually you're not talking because you can't get a word in edgewise, because they're doing all the talking. Talk, 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 talk. And you're trying to, you know, be polite, and you know, you're actually not even really listening, because you're not really saying anything. And so you try to insert the hmm, and oh, and oh, is that right, in the right spot? And then you mess up. And they catch you, and they say, wait, I asked you a question. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, what did you say? (laughs) Actually, you didn't say anything. That's why I wasn't listening. And so then they let you talk. And as you're talking, you know what they're doing? They're thinking about what they're going to say next. They're not listening to what you have to say. What I'm trying to say is, at the core of this, is spiritual pride. Fancying oneself as being more important than the other. Thinking of oneself more highly than they ought. Question number four. Am I deceived? Third part of verse 10. I thought, in fact, I actually changed it. At first, the question was going to be, am I a deceiver? And here's why I changed it to, am I deceived? Because deceivers deceive because they're deceived. That's not a play on words. Let me try that again. Wasn't in my notes. That was my first mistake. If you are deceived, guess what? You will deceive. So if you're deceived, by default, you will be a deceiver. Why? Because you're deceived. Deceivers deceived. So the question is, 
And this is a good question. And we need to ask ourselves this question, am I deceived? Here, Paul adds deception to those who were full of meaningless talk. And he refers specifically to those of the circumcision group. You know who these were? These were the Judaizers that Paul was warning Titus about. Man, these guys were trouble with a capital T. They were deceivers. They themselves were deceived, and they were deceiving whole households and disrupting whole households. And that's our next question in the first part of verse 11. Am I disruptive? I find it interesting that Paul would mention these people disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach. The truth of the matter is, there will always be those who fancy themselves as being knowledgeable, know-it-alls. Oh, you can't tell them anything. They'll tell you a thing or two, because they know it all. And what do we know to be true about those who know it all? Knowledge puffs up. And not only does knowledge puff up, it also disrupts. Question number six. Honest question. Am I dishonest? Second part of verse 11. Paul's mention of dishonest gain certainly applies to those who were in it for the money and financial gain. No shortage of those today, sadly. But I would argue that it can also apply to gaining followers. Again, hear me out and stay with me. What do I mean by that? Well, in Crete there were those who sought to draw disciples unto themselves. And as Paul refers to them in the book of Acts, these are wolves in sheep's clothing. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of Titus together. When Paul wrote the book of Titus, he wrote that truth might be taught in order to grow the people's faith. It isn't the paint color on the walls or the carpet on the floor that matters in the church. What matters is that the Word of God is being taught so that all might believe. Are you being taught and dwelling on truth today? If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this Titus series, you'll be able to find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible and you may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? 
If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit calvarychapelkaneohe.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for being part of today's listening audience. Join us next time on In Spirit, In Truth. Do